Welcome, our fellow lovers of love, and thank you for joining us on yet another excursion through the stream of consciousness down the river of tranquility to fill the lake of life with love. Good evening. We're coming to you tonight live from our um, romantically warm, we'll call it, studios. <laughs> romantically warm. It's balmy. It's, it's, it's fairly warm in here tonight, which means we're really officially hit spring. California spring lasts about three weeks. <laughs> so, let's, yes. so let's enjoy it while we've got it before we enter the dog days of summer, which last a very, very long time. But speaking of dog days, we're talking pets tonight. Yes, we are. You know, a lot of us have pets or have had pets. And, you know, sometimes there are wonderful stories attached to them. But, you know, the thing about pets is almost all of us will outlive them. Yes. And so, you know, it's a responsibility when you have a pet. And I, so when you buy your children pets, it's not just you know, can you feed it? Can you care for it? It's, you know, how you deal with those end of life issues for your pet. And, you know, where's the line? And there's no right, wrong answer for that, right? Some people will go to what other people will call extremes, you know, to keep their pet around a little longer. Who am I to judge? Yeah. Well, if they have the money and the desire and, you know, the ability to administer medications, sometimes shots, yeah. Yeah, but it's a it's a big thing. And other people, you know, are, made, are too early to end that, relation, that pet-human relationship and you end up with shelters full of, of once loved pets. And so there's got to be a line between there somewhere. And I hope that's where most of us kind of live in the line of kind of reality. Pets are part of the family, but like every other part of the family, you know, there's times to let go. And how far do you take that? You know, we all have different answers to that. So just be empathetic, I think, as people are dealing with those issues. Because pets bring you immense joy. But with that joy comes much pain. Yes, it does in the end. <laughs> in the end it comes with that much pain. So you know, it's just fair warning, you know, as you go down that journey, because we all love our pets, each one of us. So before we get on to the pets, you can reach out to us at love at late night love dot us. Oops, that's the wrong one. There you go. Love at late night love dot us. You can always find links from articles and whatnot we discuss at late night love dot us. And those are updated before we go live. It's kind of the one show I produce where I actually manage to do it before you go live. And you know why and I have to get this done before we go live? Like, I'm not another show? Why? Because you'll yell at me if I don't. I know. I do this on <laughs> Monday. You had me. I used to do this on Friday night. And you said, do it earlier. Do the research earlier so I could um, advertise it. Yeah. And like tonight, I really got it was two hours before. But the, to my defense, I had a, another stuff to do tonight. I had other shows to do, but I should do well, it earlier. Well, you, you've been busy lately. And I should put some graphic packages together and, and things like that. So, But I'm not good with graphics packages. So I don't have the artistic eye, internal eye, which is something we should probably discuss about, you know, someday soon. What is it called? 
I want to say Fantasia, but that's not right. <laughs> that's the <laughs> Disney movie. <laughs> but there's the thing when you don't see pictures in your head, like when you read, some people see movies with pictures in your head. Yes. And I'm one of the one to three percent of people who don't. And so, and I forget, keep forgetting what it's called. It's some word that I mispronounce every single time. It's something like that reminds me of Fantasia, and that's what sticks in my brain because it is what it is. <laughs> and since I can't pronounce it properly, I can't say it, respell it properly. And it's always have to look it up. But that's the nice thing about the internet. You can just look it up and say, what's that thing where people don't, and it comes right up. So anyway, that's a future topic for us to discuss. Okay. So anyway. All righty. So for tonight, we're talking pets, <laughs> which is funny because our pet, our cat is a year old. He is a teenager. <laughs> and he acts like and it. he acts like a teenager. Well, he's and he's a cat, and he's actually quite lovable. He's he's very nice, but you know he's going through the teenage thing, so he's also very rambunctious. Uh, but he's not the swiftest cat. He takes a long time to learn things. He, except he took to the litter box quickly. He didn't. That wasn't any trouble for he him. He has never had an accident. But he's. Yeah, it's not the brightest cat in the in, in the litter. Just, but he was has the loudest purr. Yeah, no, no, the cat purrs nonstop. He's very friendly, except when he's scared, and then he's scared all the time. But he's also very curious. So it's, it's, a, it's a it's a poor strange combination. Poor kitty. He's very curious, but scared shitless. Yeah, he's just it's a. It's a bizarre combination for a poor cat. And and he's not all that graceful, but he's actually quite athletic. And so that's another strange combination because he's... We got parkour kitty. He's just... Yeah. And, he, you know, he's a cat. He kind of does his own thing. But, yeah, he's like any other animal. He's got his quirks. So just have to think through that he doesn't think through anything. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's happened before, uh, again and again, and he still doesn't think it through. He doesn't think it through, no. No, which makes his teenage years, right? He's a year old. He's going through the teenage years. So anyway, that's kind of, you know, our cat experience. The last cat, same, another black cat, was completely different. Well, she was a lot older when I came to live with you. Yeah, but she wasn't as friendly. It took me forever to get her to touch my paw, her paws. She didn't like me to touch her paws either. No, but I eventually got her to not mind. I'm not going to say she liked it. I'm just going to say she didn't mind. <laughs> you know, you be gentle and you try enough times and she'll eventually, no, she realizes you're not going to hurt her or anything. She must have gotten stepped on or something a lot before. Mm. And so she was very sensitive about her paws. But yeah, she was a loner kitty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's a very much a social kitty. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, you know, it's just difference. You know, animals are as different as human beings. So, all right. So what do you want to start with tonight, love? Well, First, you we're going to talk about how to know you're ready for a pet. 
First, you have to think about what is your motivation. Are you looking for unconditional love, a little companionship, an exercise buddy, snuggle buddy? What What are you looking for? Uh huh. Yeah, because you, you also yeah you want to know why you're doing it, which is kind of a you're making a long term commitment, right? You've got to understand what you're doing. Now, science has determined there are proven health benefits to having a pet, such as low blood pressure and combating depression. Yeah, and not all pets have furs. Let's be clear. Some people like snakes or birds, you know, those kinds of things. Yes. Yeah, so we, we're, we call them fur babies because most people have cats and dogs. But, you know, this benefits extend to other types of, of, of Yes, animals. they do. Yeah. First, and then you have to decide, is your living arrangement stable? Yeah, one place, one apartment, let's pets, and then you have to move, and then the next one doesn't. And that is the number one reason why pets are turned into shelters. Yeah, and you know, there's, especially if you have dogs, there's liability issues to contemplate, you know. So you have to consider that as well. Okay, take a look at your um, your place. Is it safe? Uh, is it on the ground floor? If it's not on the ground floor, can you keep your pets safe from falls at the window? Is the yard fenced? Is the access to your pool closed off? Toxic chemicals out of reach? Antifreeze especially. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what next was one is, do you have the time? Are you willing to actually make the time to have this? The you know, pets get lonely, especially and dogs. If they get lonely, can cause havoc and, and cause long term issues. Especially, you know, make sure you have enough time for the pet you get. You know, some pets require a lot less time. Fish, you know, you can set an automatic feeder and you don't have to mess with them for a week, <laughs> right? But cats and dogs and birds, they need daily attention. They do. And, you know, snakes, they can go a while without eating. But, you know, still, if you want to have a relationship with your snake, you have to have a be there for it with it, right? Yes. So it's just like anything else. So you make sure you have enough time and you're willing to dedicate that time. Remember, this is a commitment. Okay, number five, do you have uh, the financial means? You need to have food and shelter, uh, beds, toys to play with, a crate, pet carrier, pet door, grooming products. You have to get them spayed or neutered. Most you can get, um, most animals from a shelter are already spayed that's included in the cost of the adoption fee yeah but if you're picking up the pet from your next door neighbor who's had a litter you know it, they have to factor that into your cost as well yes and the other thing is one of the things that we should probably consider is you know pet insurance pet insurance used oh to, that's on my list to do pet insurance used to be a scam you know, but now there's some legitimate pet insurance things out there. Yes, so, there are. I mean, for a long time, pet insurance was simply a scam. They didn't pay. It was worse than medical insurance. 
you didn't even get a discount, you know. It's, it's like, but now there's some legitimate pet insurance out there, but just be careful because there are still scam pet insurances out there. Check with your veterinarian to see which one they carry. Yeah, which ones they carry, which ones they recommend. Which ones they accept, yes. Yeah, and also to ask them which ones do you recommend, which ones do you prefer working for? Because some of them are, you know, you want to be a good client to your to your veterinarian. So if you spend five extra dollars a month, but your veterinarian much happier working with that, with that insurance carrier, the veterinarian is going to give you better care. So that $5 a month may very well be worth it, <laughs> you know, to pay an extra $5 for one that your veterinarian prefers to work with, depending upon the cost structures and yes. everything. So, you know, Oh yeah. Those, these people are great. They pay right away. They don't really hassle us. These people give us a hassle and they take a long time. Well, you want to, be a good customer, right? Accommodate them. Yeah. Especially if it's relatively the same cost. You know, if it's a substantial difference, you know, it matters. But if it's relatively close, those things can make a difference in the long run of you getting, you know, they staying open late for you or not. Yes. <laughs> that kind of thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, you have to have everybody in the household on board. Yeah. Well, now I'm not necessarily say the entire family has to enthusiastically support the decision, but they have to be not, they have to at least not be antagonistic to the decision. If they don't care and, you know, yeah, okay, I'll do my part. Just don't ask me to clean up its poop. Well, that's fine. That's my responsibility. To, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I don't think they have to be enthusiastic, but I do think they have to be at least generically accepting, su- accepting generically supportive. Yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Skin off my back, I don't, you know. but you also be be um, considerate. If someone has an allergy, you know, you have to do your part. Maybe choose a different pet. Make sure you get the pet treated or whatever it needs to be. Yes. Yeah. So, and especially now that we have you know emotional support animals and all that, you know, we all have to be empathetic to each other. You know, just because you need an emotional support animal doesn't mean you get to impose an allergy on your roommate. You know, we all have to work together. Okay. If you have family, the next one is your kids have to be old enough to respect a pet and not pull its ears and all that kind of stuff. Try to ride the dog. <laughs> Even though that happens, right? Yes. Especially if you got a big dog and small children, <laughs> they're going to ride the dog. It's just going to happen. And Know your dog's temperament. Some dogs are perfectly fine with it. And, you know, when they want to stop, they'll just shake them off and go and go lay down. And other dogs, you know, will be fine with it until they're not. And then they start snipping. So you have to know your, your pet as well. But you have to understand that those kids, it's a short period of time where that could actually happen. So it's probably better not to let them because it builds a bad habit. But again, know your pet. But, but again, making sure your your pet understands that not to play with the food, especially while it's eating. You know, know what's how the right type of play, and how especially like with cats, if you've got young cats and young children, you know, it, it, accidental rough play can happen. You know, and you end up with both hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, you want to take care about these things. All right. So what's next? 
you have okay this one says do i promise to take steps necessary to ensure my pet doesn't end up in a shelter now they're talking about having a collar and a tag on your pet mm -hmm. or microchip right because oftentimes lost pets they'll end up in shelters and there's just no way to find and it's the owner it's very sad yeah, and especially with microchips, it's very easy to, these days. Oftentimes, those are included in um, the adoption fees as well. Yeah, so yeah, get it done when you adopt it. And again, strongly consider it if you pick up it's the It's not from, that expensive. No, because the expenses are really just the cost of you know getting the number and shoving it into the database. That's the only real cost. Um, shelters and veterinarians would prefer, you know, this is one of those things they do at cost because they want it done to as many pets. They're pet lovers too, you know. That's why they work in the. Yeah. That's why they work in the industry. Now they got to earn a living and whatnot, so they, but they're not going to charge you much more than cost to do those things. So we encourage you to do that as much as possible because, you know, like we've talked about earlier, pets are family members too, and that's a. Uh, those things we want to remember. All right. So what are the 10, what are the most common pets? Right. We talked about cats and dogs. Okay. Dogs are the most, most popular. Now I found this fact interesting. Mm -hmm. There are 76 million pet dogs in the country that are cared for by 48 million households. This means that a house, eight, that each household has an average of 1.5 dogs. Yeah, that's a lot of people having three, four dogs <laughs> to make yeah. that, to balance, to push balance that, out. that out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how those little dogs, the big dogs, it, it comes in all shapes and sizes. But, you know, you wonder at some point, are they trying to create a family from pets rather than because they have a broken family or broken connection to their family you know at some point you have to question why you have so many pets the need back to the number one thing why are you doing it yes you know what's your motivation yeah, yeah. okay number yes. two is cats of mm -hmm. course and they were originally brought to North America by the English to help control the rodent problems that persisted that were persisted on the East Coast. Yeah. And well, the cats are almost two to one. So you've almost got two cats for every cat household. So there's a lot of <laughs> cat ladies out there. <laughs> but it's true, but cats can if you don't, you know, get your cats fix they can get out of control quickly so so that's probably boosts up those numbers a bit yeah yeah and then some people just get out of they don't know what to do okay number three is fish with 12 percent of all america households have at least one fish or more yeah we have an aquarium there's no fish in it but we have an aquarium because we're, we're the worst fish carriers in the world it's fairly easy and we somehow still fail at it <laughs> I think we only succeed with a cat because he can eat, he can feed himself. He doesn't have to be able to have it. 
<laughs> I don't know. Man. Somehow we're terrible with fish. I don't understand how it just is. No, maybe we reflecting back upon my, I'm terrible with fish. Well, they're your fish. Yeah, I'm terrible with fish. So I never tried that. I had goldfish when I was a child. I didn't find it very rewarding. No, well, but what the kind of cool are the, the Japanese fighting fish are kind of cool. But, you know, I like don't like putting them in the little containers. That seems kind of cruel. So you want a bigger tank, but you can't have more than a couple. You know, and you have to divide them. And so anyway, they don't get along well with other, other animals. So, well, fighting fish, yeah. 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 Well, because they're, but oddly enough, they, they're in little puddles. They grow in little puddles in their natural habitat. So they're actually used to small, confined places. Oh. But, and since the, you know, there's only so many nutrients in those little puddles, they fight off any of the thing. That's, yeah. They come across. That's where it kind of comes from. Okay, birds. Birds. Um, 2.8% of American households have birds as pets. We had birds. They were loud. We had a parakeet. He had a ton of personality. They were loud. We had a crazy one. One well, of the number of parakeets we had, they were crazy one. Okay. Okay. And number five is reptiles, snakes, salamanders, iguana, and all types of lizards. Yeah. Okay. And there's 9.4 million reptile pets across the United States. Okay, but they wrapped them all up into one. So, all right, rabbits are the next. Number six. Yeah. Poultry. I was just going to kind of speed through these now. Hamsters, gerbil, and other furries are. Hamsters are vicious little things. I don't like hamsters. They are. They're mean. Hamsters are number eight. Yeah, they're cute. But they're mean little things. Guinea pigs. Guinea pigs. We had guinea pigs. Love guinea pigs. And number ten are ferrets, but they're not uh, um, legal in uh, some states. Yeah, they're not legal here in California, but they're um, and they're not hardy creatures, which is why everybody thinking they're gonna. Take over is silly. They're just not hardy creatures. Uh, you know, the other susceptible to all kinds of diseases and and environmental variances. So they're just not very hardy. So they actually need a lot of care. You're gonna have them as pets. I know this because the 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 ferret foundation people contacted me during I was running for office. <laughs> asked me what I thought about the ferret legalization thing. Like, what, why are ferrets illegal to begin with? What's the argument? And then really wasn't a good one. So anyway. But so I know more about ferrets than I need to. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> the issue, it was an easy issue for me. I didn't need to know details, right? But they told me anyway. <laughs> no, I I agree with you on principle. I just I don't need to know the details. Okay, <laughs> sure. You want to feel heard? I get it. I'll listen. <laughs> so, 
So that's how that one went. All right. Now, this is the other one. Pet spending statistics. Oh, I should bring this one up on. Well, the value of the pet industry in the United States reached $123.6 billion last year. I got to start making graphics. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot of money on pets. That's $13 billion more than in 2018. And oddly enough, that's during the pandemic. So we were spending money on your pets when we were stuck at home, which I suppose kind of makes sense. The food industry is, what, $50 billion? The owners spend an average of 1480 on pet dogs' basic expenses every year. That actually for, seems kind for, of low. For a cat owner, it's nine hundred and two. That's that. That seems kind of low. For dogs, surgical visits um, are the most significant expenditures, and the cats, it's food. Huh. Interesting. You would think that would be dog food. Anyway, okay. That also seems low to me, but. I suppose that's average. So it just seems low. Okay. So number three, apparently millennials and younger generations are willing to buy a house with a backyard for their pet to run around. Yeah. Makes sense. You want a yard for your dog. If your dog's part of the family, you want to think about him as well. It makes sense. Hey, what happened? Okay. Over the past decade, the amount of money we've spent has more than doubled. So we're spending a lot more money on our pets. So that's interesting. But I wonder why, because pet food hasn't gotten that much more expensive. So what else are we... Is it veterinarian visits and that kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. We're, we're just taking care of our pets better or yeah but only 2.48 percent of all pets in the u.s are insured well that makes sense because one that people think of pet insurance as a scam because it used to be and so until that second market cleans itself up and makes it more clear what is covered what isn't covered and all that kind of thing they're going to have a problem with that Okay, so what's next? Um, I got lost. Number seven, the rising <coughs> pet insurance market had more than 2.51 gross in written premiums in 2021. The average annual pet insurance premium for accidents and illness uh, in two thousand, these are two thousand and one statistics. It was mm-hmm. five hundred and eighty three dollars and ninety one for dogs, in three hundred and forty two dollars and eighty four cents for cats. That's not too. That's bad. for a year. Well, depending upon what it covers, and you're gonna have to think about okay, what kind of end of life care do you want for your cat or dog, so you know you get the proper type of insurance for your. Again, it goes back to how we talked about at the beginning. You know, think through how you want to make these decisions. You know, 
you know, think through it now so you don't have to do it later. <laughs> you know, make these decisions now. So at the time, you know, you, you've already made the decision and you're just executing the plan. Yes. And, you know, it, take some of the stress off to make that and make that monthly insurance for accidents is $19 a month for dogs and $11 a month for cats. So, right. So if you're just talking about accidental coverage, you know, so anyway, it's not all that expensive. So if you have an outdoor pet, then you'd have to, then that would definitely make sense. They may have, well, if you have an outdoor pet, it may cost more. Maybe. Yeah, probably. Well, it's because the risk is higher. So you expect to pay more if you have a higher risk. Anyway, that's just the way all insurance works. <laughs> if you're a bad driver, you pay more than if you're a good one, right? That's just how insurance works. All right. Well, apparently, during COVID, 14% of previous and existing pet owners got new pets during COVID. And the pet insurance um, field, in, it increased uh, dramatically. Yeah, because those are the people that know that they need pet insurance. And then, so they looked into it. and Hopefully, they found some of the companies that are good. Pet apparel. Oh, my God. Stop dressing your pets. Why? I wanted to start getting outfits for Ramsey's. Oh, that's going to go well. Little hat. He's just tolerant enough to let you put it on before he rips it off. <laughs> he is just tolerant enough to let you put it on, but I don't think it's going to last very long, and it's not going to happen twice. <laughs> well, okay, he's kind of dumb. It would happen a couple times before he learns, and let's be honest. <laughs> you know, for Christmas, Halloween. I could see maybe for a goofy picture or, or if we're doing a skit here, you know, wanting to take a picture our social media right and you put him in it all right i can see it he would not be a happy kitty but i can see it <laughs> but not like as a normal course of you know day-to-day life where you're buying your cat your your pets shirts and booties and stuff now some pets have a medical need or if you're in a cold area and you got a pet that doesn't have much hair Okay, some of these things are health and safety related. That's a different story, right? Just don't dress your pets all. In tutus. Not on a daily basis. You want to do it for a goofy picture or something, you know, for your yearly Christmas card. Okay, fine. The pet's going to hate you, but that's fine. He'll get over it. But don't do it on a daily basis. Stop dressing your pets like a, like a person. Please. Anyway, that's my own personal thing. I get you want to do it for a thing, you know, if there's a simple reason you do it for 10 minutes to get your picture or whatever, or video or whatever. All right, fine. <laughs> it's a pet. They'll get over it. <laughs> All right. So what's next? Before I An take estimated 45% of cats and a 39% of dogs in the U.S. are considered overweight or obese. Really? Yes. Uh, do they judge obese like they do in, in in humans and just kind of draw a random line and claim it's obese after this one? I don't know. I take those kind of claims with a grain of salt. But it does bring the dif- differences to make sure your pet 
even if it's an indoor cat gets exercised, make them chase the red dot, you know, kind of thing. Make them pant. It's okay. Even yes. though they tend to get lazy and just lay down and stop. So you can't really make a cat chase things. If you doesn't really want to. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's a cat. They don't. That's not how cats work. All right. Um, Americans spent one billion in dog walking services in 2022. Well, I suppose that's one way to meet your commitment to make sure your dog gets enough exercise. If you're busy and you live in a rural, in a urban urban area, you know rural areas, you just let your dog run off in the in the backyard. You're in an apartment dweller in you know New York City. You got to have someone walking your dogs, or you've got to do it. So, yeah, I can see it. And man, just think about that as a dog walker. You've got to like dogs, and you're gonna smell like all kinds of different dogs. Going, oh man, that's just gonna be a, a heck of a job. Not one for me. Hey, man, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Right. Pet grooming is expected to reach, what, five and a half bit million? Million? Million. That's it? By 2025. That includes pet shampoos, conditioners, pet toothpaste, detangling brushes, special scissors, and clippers. That seems low. I think maybe Doesn't that's, it, though? Maybe that's a typo. I'm just thinking that seems low. I even think California spend more than that on pet grooming. L.A. probably spends more than that on pet grooming. So, <laughs> San Jose spends more than that. We have all the tech people. Up. Yeah, no, I think that's a typo. I think that's a billion. All right. So it's 45% of American pet owners spend the same amount of money or more on health care needs of their pets than they do on their Oh. Well, yeah, but that's because any one year, most people don't spend all that much money on themselves on healthcare costs. You know, if you only have to go to the doctor for your yearly checkup, it doesn't cost you all that much money. Right. But if your pet has an accident that particular year, it's going to, you're going to spend much more. You average all that out. That has more to do with most people just don't have the need to spend much money on themselves in any single particular year. That's really what that is. Okay. Millennials um, are the largest group of pet owners with 32%. <coughs> at least one. Baby boomers are at 27%. Gen X at 24 and Gen Z at 14%. Yeah, but well, isn't Gen Z the youngest of those? So they don't have time to, you know, they're still too young to have pets. Millennials make sense. They're the ones who are hitting their 40s, right? So, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. More than half of millennial pet owners buy their pets gifts at least once a month. They have those bark boxes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Two-thirds of millennials, no, three-quarters of millennials prefer to buy pet supplies online. To just have them delivered, which makes modern world and all that. Let's run through these real quick, right? There's only one more. Oh, one in 10 American pet owners is putting off having a child because of pet expenses. Now, if that's a decision you should have thought about at the beginning of the whole experience, right? 
back to why are you having pets and all that? All right. So we do have articles about pet-friendly resorts, but we are already past halfway mark. So let's just we want to run through them real quick. Or somehow my I can't see anything. That <laughs> doesn't let me see. All right. So do we want to run through them or do we just want to skip them? Well, let's see if mine it lets me see. Mine lets me see. Top ten pet friendly pet resorts in the U in the United States. Okay. All right, so I've got something of it. There's in by the sea, Cape Elizabeth in Maine. Okay. That's a heck of a resort for a pet. You can dine dogs are even permitted to dine with humans in the fireplace lounge or al fresco deck on, on the seaside deck. Okay. Here's one that's more for most of us. The Ritz Carlton. You know, various locations are pet friendly, so that's nice. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. The Grand Hyatt in Vail, Colorado. So if you want to go skiing in luxury and take your dog, you can. <laughs> Not that any of us what listening to this are gonna be able to ever do these things, but hey, the Don Cesar at St. Pete Beach in in Florida. Okay. Yeah, that's a, you can bring up to two dogs. My guess is if you give them enough cash, you can bring more. All right. Kimpton Hotels. Kimpton Hotels. With no extra charges and no limit on the number of guests, in addition to dogs and cats. Have hosted. Emmeline in Charleston, North Carolina. Can I point out that that last one, the, the Kimpton Hotels, they have hosted llamas, hedgehogs, goats, micro pigs, penguins, chimpanzees, and other breeds and species of all sizes. So some of these places are very pet friendly. Yes. I just caught the llamas thing as I was thinking by, and it caught my attention. A llama. <laughs> it was bringing a llama to a hotel, <laughs> but I guess somebody did. <laughs> Emmeline's Charleston, okay. Hard Rock Hotels in some place, cases. Various locations, yeah. I guess with all those rock stars traveling to the hotels, you kind of have to. They even have customized pet tracks available on Spotify. Okay, then. The Wolf Cottages in Nantucket, Massachusetts. All those rich people with their pets. Need to be able to bring them. And Aloft Hotels, again, in various locations, have a, a Animals Are Fun program. So it's mostly dogs, it looks like. I say hotel and spa. You can take your dog to a spa. Includes the Sasa Pup Play Park for their dog. Nearby Huntington Dog Beach. It's two miles. They have a lifeguard station dog house. Yeah, mostly dogs. You know, so for your cat owners, just you know, you have to go to some of these other ones that are. There was what is it? Like the hotels associates will take care of your pets in some of these places, you know. Wolfgang Bakery and some of these. Anyway, so there's lots of options for 
for the, you know, if you're willing to drop some money on your pet for on your vacation, <laughs> or if you want to take your pet with you, you know, I suppose I can't un- explain why you wouldn't. Pets are part of the family, but, you know, I tend to want to get away from responsibility on vacation. So leave the pet with somebody else. And go on. But yeah, the pet doesn't care. He doesn't know what Hawaii is or Nantucket. It's still food in the bowl for them. They just, you know, they just like, they're just happy being around you, right? That's what their thing is. But if you never leave them, they never know how much they miss you. So there you go. You don't get those happy reunion stories and, and videos that you get to see on the internet. All right. So what are we moving on to? Well, we're going to start with relationship questions. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Lubby's causing technical difficulties over here. All right. Okay. We're going to have to blast through these tonight. So no yapping from me. Okay. How do I, 20 female, decline a date with a coworker, late 30s or male, early 40s, without making things awkward? Well, you could say, I don't date at work. No, because then you're stuck if you ever wanted to date someone else at work. Just just say, I, I appreciate your, you're interested, but, uh, yeah, um, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Yeah. yeah just, you don't, no, there's thank no, you. there's, yeah, uh, uh, I appreciate the, you know, I'm flattered, but, you know, I'm not interested at the moment. Just move on. That's, that's the only way to really. Keep it, you can keep it pretty light. Yeah, just keep it. There's no reason to make it awkward, right? And overthinking it and over it is going to make it awkward. So just be simple and plain and clear. That's all. Yeah. That's, okay. That's the only way to make it awkward. You know, don't mention it or you're too old or any of that. It's just, just say, I appreciate the, you know, I'm flattered, but no, no, thank you. Really, it's the only way to do it. It's that simple. Okay. Should I, 31 male, break up with my girlfriend, 29 female, for wanting to get married? Well, if you never want to get married. Yeah, that's a question you and, and your. And you know you're not going to want to get married to her specifically. You owe it to her to tell her. Yeah, this is a question you two need to discuss. And, you know, maybe it's your definition of marriage. Maybe she wants the committed relationship. And you're willing to do that part. You just don't want to get the ring and, the, and this piece of paper. And maybe you can find a, a, a compromise. Or maybe you are too fundamentally different on different tracks in your life. And you're, you like to hang around with her, but you don't see yourself having a family and long-term relationship with her. But she wants a marriage. Well, now it's time to, you know, say, well, okay, great. I appreciate our time together and move on. But... Don't have that discussion with us. Have it with her. You knuckleheads. Hell, wrong with you. You know, have the discussion. See is it, which one of those is the case. You know, are you want something fundamentally? Do you two want something fundamentally different out of the relationship, or is it a difference in semantics? Because there's a lot of that these days. Or it's a difference in semantics. They're willing to be fully committed. They just don't want to go through the hassle of the of the wedding ceremony and signing a piece of paper with the government and all that kind of crap. They're perfectly happy to be fully committed. They just don't want all the extra fluff. Yeah. So find out which one of those two it really is. And if it's the 
first one where you just want different things out of life, then yes, it's time to, to split up and go your separate ways. You, you owe it to her to let her be free to search for someone that wants what she wants. You owe it to yourself to, to not, to not be, you know, not be stuck in something that is ultimately not going to make you happy either. Mm-hmm. So why make both of you miserable? So anyway, find out what it is and then move on. Okay. 25 male dating a girl, 24 female who always late to dates. Should I bring this up with her? Well, it's irritating you. So my Well, friend. at some point you should bring it up with her, but just tell her everything's a half an hour early and <laughs> later than it is, earlier than it is, and then she'll be on time. And then when she asks you about why you've asked her about three times, she'll notice. And she'll ask you, why do you do that? And says, well, so now we're actually, so it's more for me, not for, really about her. But you're an on-time person. And she's loose with time. And you're going to have to either decide to accept it or not, because she's never going to change. People who are loose with time are loose with time, right? They can try to change, to be better. They just can't, Right. They get off in their own head, maybe ADHD. They're not paying attention to whatever it is. So you're going to have to understand, is this something that, you know, we can work around? And you can start by just planning your dates for a half hour earlier when they're, you know, tell her to meet you at 730 when she really know it's eight. <laughs> and then you show up at 745 because, you know, you always want to be early anyway. And then, you know, you guys will meet at 7.55 and everybody's happy. <laughs> so I'm just saying, that's how you deal with you just You're either going to have to accept it as a fundamental personality quirk and you're just going to have to learn to live with it and, and deal with well, it. I used to be the light a lot. And it had to do with anxiety. Yeah. So yeah. So let her let her be. Just plan your life. Accept. You just gonna. It's one of those things. You're gonna have to learn. Is that something you can accept in this relationship or not? I got better by planning half an hour to be ready half an hour before I need to leave. I am ready now. Instead of getting ready half hour before I need to leave, I am ready half hour before I need to leave. Yeah. So, but you know, it takes time to get there. And so, and yeah, I'm 60. I just learned this. <laughs> and, you know, she's might not be there yet. So and she might not be able to get there until she's accepted for who she is. So, you know, there is that clue there, too. Right. You didn't get there until you were accepted for who you are. I just, you know, she's just going to be running late. It is what it is. And I have, you know, I don't like running late. So. I know that's what motivated me. It was causing you distress. Yeah, but I didn't get worked up about it. No, but I could tell. Yeah. So anyway, because we cared and love each other, we guess what we did? We worked it out. We worked it out. That's how that works. Okay, next one. Okay. My fiance, 31 female, wants her mother, 64 female, to move into our new house with us soon after our wedding next spring. I, 32 male, am against the idea. How do I get out of this? Well, you can tell her you just got married. You want to spend some time with her. Yeah, but also the question is why. 
Is mother sick? Yeah, can she, you know. Can she take care of herself? Yeah, without knowing why, it's hard to answer this particular question. Because you marry the person, you marry their problems. Right? You become family and your, their family becomes your family and you have to accept and deal with the problems. Now, there's maybe there's compromises to be made. Maybe there's other families. Mom can share time some other places. You know? And you're not saying if mother is a toxic person or, you know, a perfectly lovely person who's to be around, you know, what kind of housemate they would be. All these things actually matter, you know, when you factor in why. So is mother going to be homeless if you don't take care of them? You know, what's the, or is it just saving some money or, you know, she doesn't want to be away from the, her mother because she's 31 and it's the first time, you know, who knows? So you've got to find out why before you can answer that question any farther. There's just no he way. wasn't specific. There's just no way you can answer that without why. But okay. But again, you marry when you marry someone, you marry their problem. There's no way around that. Even when you, you know, even if you're just married without the paperwork and stuff, you're still marrying them by problem. You, know, you marry their problems. The level of commitment. Okay. Okay. Parenting questions. This one is for you. Uh huh. My six-year-old wants Minecraft, and I'm not sure where to start. Is he old enough to play? Well, is he old enough to, to play and, and understand how it works and all that stuff? Yeah, there's lots of six-year-olds who are playing Minecraft. Is he old enough for you to want him to play is a different question. For me, the answer was yes. If my kids were old enough to play something, they were old enough to play it because I never felt I could protect them from the world. You teach them to operate in it. Um, that was my personal strategy, you know, but I'm technically proficient. I understood the internet and I understood gaming, right? So I kind of knew how to monitor. If you're not as comfortable doing that, you know, you may want to put more safeguards in. There's child versions of Minecraft you can look into. Stick with the official ones. You know, get them right straight from Microsoft, I think is the belief is. So check with that. But check out the child-friendly ones. Go to YouTube, do some, do some research. You know, watch some of the stuff will scare you because that's how these things work. You know, find the ones that are more balanced in, in their approach and make a decision on your own. Just, there's no right or wrong answer. It depends on you, what your goals are and your child and all, all that kind of stuff. But Minecraft, kids could be very creative in Minecraft. And so that's another thing to consider. You know, they can learn to be insanely creative. So, you know, there's a lot to think about. And so... But if you're uncomfortable, you know, wait in. You can watch over his shoulder. At six years old, they'd love to have you involved. So, <laughs> you know, yes. Yeah. So get involved. Find the child versions. Get involved. And, you know, you can teach them how to interact with the internet world uh, responsibly. Okay. Okay. I feel a little, a little pressured to feed breast milk. Is it okay to bottle feed? Yes. Um, there are many reasons why women can't nurse, and some simply don't want to. I'm just the simple answer is yes. It's perfectly fine to bottle feed, and don't let the pressure one way or the other and deal with your decisions. Your decisions are your own. That's a very personal and private decision. Yeah. So, yeah. So the answer is yes, unequivocally. Yes, it's okay to do it every way you want. 
what's ever right for you, your baby, your family. And it's your choice on your own. And don't let anybody else push you one way or the other. Tell them to bite you. That would be my suggestion. Okay. Okay. My nine-year-old daughter wants to cut her hair extremely short. I know it's healthy to let kids decide for themselves and gives them independence, etc. I'm just so worried she's going to regret it. Should I let her? Um, my daughter did the same thing. She was seven. And she did not want her long hair anymore. And she got it cut very short. And she was teased at school. And she regretted her decision. And you got to let them deal part of Growing up and becoming, giving them independence is letting them make quote-unquote mistakes. I don't think it's mistakes at this age. They're learning what they like, what they don't like, how they want to be perceived. You know, there's a lot for them, their little heads to think about, you know? Here's my thing. If let her think about it for a week. If she still wants it extremely short, you let her do it. And if she regrets it later, she regrets it later. It'll grow back. It it's will. Hair. It will. It's her. It's part of life. You know, you can't, you, you can't shield them from these type of, like you were talking, you can't shield them from these type of things. They have to learn to think these things through. And the only way to learn to say, think these things through is to go through them. And if you, if you, Push off her going through that. You've pushed off her going through. You'd rather have her go through this at nine than 19. I'm just saying. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. You're you're pushing off her maturity. Yeah. It's a a chance to let her learn. And maybe she won't regret it. Maybe she'll perfectly, maybe she looks good in In short short hair. And she loves it. And she doesn't like, and she's perfectly happy not taking care of the long hair. It's because it's easier to take care of. You never know. There's lots of people who like their hair short. And whether the rest of the world <laughs> thinks it looks good or not is, quite frankly, not freaking relevant. If they like it, they like it. That's what's important. Okay, and just be happy she doesn't want to make it purple yet. Okay. That'll come. <laughs> okay, what's next? App suggestions to motivate kids to do chores. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this question goes back to the tiles and tablets and stuff from ancient Egypt and Greece. It's the same kind of questions, right, throughout the history of time. <laughs> It wasn't an app, but how the hell do I motivate my kids to just do the basic things? How do they not be a waste of space? It's the same. The easiest way to motivate any kid to do chores in any era of history of time is money. And some kids will be more motivated by money than others. Some are by responsibility. They feel the responsibility. They understand their role in the family and they pick it up because they're responsible human beings. And some, generally the middle child, is just like no and how you deal with those you find out what motivates them and you attach it to that somehow without being creating a punishment you don't want to make it a punishment you don't make it an incentive hey you want to go skateboarding off with your friends great fine i need the yard cleaned and i'll give you 30 bucks to go do it and you guys can go off and have your fun Right. And you know what he'll do? He'll get his friends over. They'll split the 30 bucks, but they'll get it done in 10, 20 minutes and off they're gone. Hey, you don't care because the freaking thing got done, right? That's 
<laughs> you know, accept that, you know, he's industrious enough to get his friends to help him so they can go off soon. Uh, just let them do it. Let them figure it out. But give them a give them goals and let them figure out how to achieve it. You know, let them achieve it how they want. And and otherwise, but app suggestions. No, there's no app. There's no app. I mean, unless maybe if you're a highly religious kid, there's a religious app that you know will help them do it. That there's some things like well, that. Well, if you're highly organized and you like lists, like I do. Or if there's an ADHD as an issue, right? You can, there's apps that can help them organize their ADHD and deal with that, and they yeah. can get more chores done that way. So specifically, understanding your child, there may be, but generically speaking, with the generic lazy teenager, get good luck. <laughs> when I figure it out, I'll let you know. Yeah, I raised five kids. When I figure it out, I'll let you know. Some just do it naturally, and some don't. Okay, we've got like oh, okay. four minutes for skipping to sex. Okay, okay, sure. Okay, he has an ongoing orgasm for almost 10 minutes. Is that normal? No. He has an or ongoing orgasm? He did. No, that's not normal. And she wanted to know how to do it again. Did he like it? Apparently so. I might bring that up with the doctor, but, you know, men can't have orgasms without ejaculating. It, it does happen. So it is not actually impossible for this to be it's not as far off as we might think uh. but is it normal no no now is it outside the range of human sexual experience no i probably doubt it no it's rare <laughs> yeah but there may be a you know maybe well this... you could talk to sting i mean he does I'm... meditation so he can go for Hey, it, picking up one of those medical chat things and asking about if, if there may be a, who knows, maybe there's a pinched nerve or something in the back and you hit it right way. And you know how things can go wacky? Huh. Never thought of that. So, well. Maybe something medical happened. Yeah. Hey, maybe it's a, a nice benefit for now, you know, but those things can always unhappen or happen. <laughs> so, you know, maybe there is a, something to think about there going forward but, but repeating uh an experience is awful hard like that yeah yeah that's like, yeah, it's like that's lightning in a bottle man yeah. unless yeah. unless there's a rubik's cube answer to it and if you can find you know maybe there is but how how'd you do it the first time would be where i would start <laughs> you know how am i supposed to tell you what the hell you did <laughs> Gonna have to back up that memory there. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm scared of sex because I don't think I'll like it. Am I asexual? Um, no, you're sexual phobic. I'm not sure that's the actual word. I'm just, but because I don't know the actual word. But no, being afraid of it is not. You're afraid of it, so you don't think you'll like it. It's not you don't think you'll like it, so you're afraid of it. That's not how that works. You're, you're right. Maybe there's some trauma somewhere. Maybe you repress memories. You know, maybe you've watched too much violent porn. You know, who knows? <laughs> who knows what the, the cause is? But it's probably something to, to talk about. Find a professional and have a discussion. Because there's, it's perfectly fine to not be interested in sex. 
there's nothing wrong with it. It's not even all that unusual. But you shouldn't be afraid of it. You should just be not interested in it. And it's that scared part it means there's something wrong in your processing. Right? You don't yeah. think you like it, that's fine because you haven't experienced it before. Lots of people don't think they, they'll like things they haven't experienced before. But that fear thing, you know, maybe you have an anxiety issue. I think it's time to talk to a counselor. Yeah. Because before it grows into something else and comes out weird. Weird, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I have an intense fetish that conflicts with my morals. What do I do now? Fantasy life, babe. Keep it at fantasy life and you'll be fine. Yeah, there's it's it's not immoral if it stays in your head. You know, and it may not even be immoral. It's immoral to to his, right? To his right. sense of morals. It could be something that the rest of us would think would be fairly tame, like you you, you know, want to have a three way or something. <laughs> I know. You know, or, or I like that story in, in the penthouse letters that one time. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> So we don't know what that actually involves, or it could be something much deeper. But the question is, if it's conflicting with your morals, then you know you don't want to act it out. And so it stays within your own head, stays within something, you know, that you, it's between you and your internet search. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. You know, just maintain the healthy relationship with that. There's nothing unhealthy with engaging in fantasies within yourself. You're not hurting anybody. So, and you know, if your morals conflict with that, well, then you have, you know, you're going to have to seek help from your spiritual guidance and how to deal with that. Right? That's what people do when they're having a spiritual conundrum. You seek guidance from those who share your, your path. It's a difficult conversation. But that's why they have confessional. Well, Morals? Wouldn't that be something that a counselor would help, would help you with? It, it could uh, be. My, I have had some moral issues that I have discussed and reached a resolve within myself, but they were there to offer some points, you know. Yeah, but it could be a rabbi, whatever, depending upon the exact moral we're discussing, right? Is it an internal moral and ethics, or is it something like you were you're raised Catholic? And so you can't you can't wrap your head around it, or or something like that, right? And so it really entirely depends. You aren't the first one. Yeah, this is something humans have struggled with since the beginning of time. So, so just you know, accept that and try to move on. Yeah. Okay. Last question. Sure. Can overacting give you a placebo orgasm? Placebo orgasm. What's a placebo orgasm? I'm not quite sure I understand this. Well, I think what there is kind of a, a, a call it a shallow orgasm, and the answer is yes, since orgasms, yeah, you can. since orgasms are controlled ninety percent from inside your brain, at least with women, and with men, that's at least sixty percent still inside your brain. Yeah. You know, a, kind of a shallow orgasm, an orgasm that's related more to your mind because you're faking it and fake your way into an orgasm. Yeah, you can fake your way into an orgasm. <laughs> you know, you get so involved into your role, all of a sudden you actually are having fun. You just <laughs> 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 it happens. 
it's okay <laughs> right there's nothing wrong with it it's just part of the human sexual experience i have a question yeah why is she acting who knows maybe she's taking one for the team you hear him <laughs> <laughs> oh baby oh baby oh baby yeah yeah, she wants she, she loves her husband or her partner and she wants to make them feel good. So you know, she fakes it for him. That's an act of courageous act of love. I have never understood what the what, what possibly I could get out of faking an orgasm. You're making the other person think they're doing a good job. Then you're gonna to have to work a little, a little harder and do the real thing. <laughs> maybe you just I'm not wanted, gonna to lie to you. Maybe you just wanted to get over with. <laughs> <laughs> no, I say I uh, I'm done. I don't know. I, I just never saw the benefits because then you, then you got to do it again, and you're lying. Well, the most intimate thing you can do with another person and you're lying. Yeah, but that's that's one of those that's a yeah, but I'm gonna give it I'm gonna give it a yeah, but on that one. I would generally agree with you. But okay, now have I put some emphasis on moans to kind of tip things over? Yes, I have. Yeah, isn't but that manipulating? I but I have never said, yeah, I, I had an orgasm when I didn't. I've never faked it to make someone think I did. Quite frankly, I, I'm old enough not to have to ask. So I, <laughs> I know. Well, you don't have to ask. Why do you ask? Because <laughs> they're insecure. Do we want to go a little overtime and answer these questions quickly? Okay. That's just because we're here. Let's just do it. We'll knock them out in a few minutes. What, Unless, the work one? Yeah. Just for the hair of it. Sure. Tell yeah. me again why I can't just quit when I get mad. Because you have bills to pay. I mean, you can. There's no reason you can't, but you have bills and responsibilities. It's not responsibilities at work, responsibilities in the rest of your life. You can't just quit. You're, most places are at will. You know, unless you've got a contract that says you can't quit. And even then, you can still probably quit. There's still causes, clauses in there. You know, no one can... This, there's no... <laughs> yeah, it's not how it works. You can always quit when you're mad. It's just not good policy. But if you've been wrong, why would you want to stay? So yeah, it's that. Okay. Feeling guilty for calling out sick, even though I am. Does anyone else? Yes, I have. Yes, lots of people feel that way. So yeah, yeah, because well, because you're putting extra work on your coworkers, and people have to shuffle things around, or things aren't going to get done. Yeah, and if you're a responsible human being, you're going to feel a little guilty. So don't worry about it. <laughs> I mean, you're sick. What are you going to do? Better that than not spreading it around. Okay. What to do about meeting overload? Decline. You don't have to accept all these meetings. Right? It's just start to decline in the meeting. Long meetings are unproductive. If a meeting goes more than 40 minutes, it's likely unproductive, depending upon what you're actually trying to do. And then it's not a meeting. It's something else. You're just working. <laughs> you know, if it's like you're brainstorming for all day, you're not in a meeting. You're actually brainstorming all day. It's a work session. 
it's a different thing. You're working. It's not a meeting. A meeting is where you come together, strategize, and off you go to do things. <laughs> you know, and meetings to make sure everybody's still heading in the same direction. That only takes half an hour, forty minutes. If it if it does that, you're covering too much. It takes more than that, you're covering too much. Sometimes you have to. You know, like sometimes our organization we only meet once a quarter, so sometimes meetings have to take a little longer because there's lots of stuff to cover. But if you do a lot of work behind the scenes, you can get through them really quickly and still get it in a reasonable time. But what to do about it is start saying no to the ones you can, to the ones that are unproductive. That's it. It's the only thing you can do. Mm. And if you don't have the power to say no, then you're going to have to start talking to the people about, hey, these are too many meetings. I can't get my other work done. What can we do about it? And so there's just two ways to deal with it. Okay. Okay. Can my boss give me a shift without asking less than 24 hours in advance? Well, okay. Let's understand how this works. Can they try? In most states, probably. In states like California, probably not. Um, but... Just because they give you a shift doesn't mean you actually have to show up. You know, you have power in this relationship as well. The, your boss definitely has as much power over you as you give them. And yeah, might you have to go find a different job? Sure, but why would you want to work someplace that's going to throw you a shift in less than 24 hours without saying, hey, we need someone to come fill in. Can you, can you do it for us? Right? So that's me. You don't work for somebody who's going to do that without asking. And until people talk, telling them no, they don't. They think it's okay. So the reason, the only reason they think it's okay is because people have been saying yeah. You as an individual have more power than you think. You don't need a union to for you to say no. Because they're not going to want to replace you. If you're half decent at your job, they're not going to want to replace you. So that's my advice there. You know, but again, back to the first one. Why can't you just quit when you get mad? Because you've got responsibilities. <laughs> so these things are, you may have to prepare before you do that. So that's it for us tonight. We want to thank you for joining us. Reminded you, you can send us letters to love at late night love.us. You can Go to our website at latenightlove.us for all of the uh, show notes and information that we've got. Ooh, we actually had two questions that I didn't see. Anyway. Aha. Oh, wow. Patrick has a lot of fish and animals and whatnot. For we have a beagle, St. Bernard, slash Newfoundland, four pit slash mastiffs, golden doodle, ferret, birds, rabbits, rats, and a plethora of fish. <laughs> Where's the spot for all those? Oh, wait. Forgot the cats. I don't know. Lost count. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you have a big ranch or something for all of that. <laughs> But, you know, hey, animals clearly give you joy. And I think that's what's most important, right, is that we're taking care of, we take care of our animals and our animals will take care of us, right? That's the, yes. 
that's how the mutual relationships work. You know, we love our animals, you know, as much trouble as he causes. He loves us. We love, we love him. And, you know, everybody's life's better off. As long as he doesn't get his head stuck in something else, we'll be fine. Anyway, from us, from me and Lubby, thank you for watching. Good night. And please remember to love everyone.